Curiously Polar with Chris Marquardt and Mario Aguarona. Hey, hello, welcome back to Curiously Polar, our little show about all things very north and very south. And uh, my name is Chris Marquardt. On the other side, I have Mario Aquarone. Hello, Mario, how are you? Hello, Chris. Uh, I'm fine. And you? Um, doing brilliant as usual. Um, th- let's get straight into the episode. I have been to both Greenland and Iceland. And I remember that Greenland was very icy <laughs> and that these parts of Iceland are very green. So it looks like this is this is the wrong way around. Why is Greenland called Greenland and why is Iceland called Iceland? Can you help us out? Yeah, well, uh, I'm not a historian, but um, I've read a little bit about it. And, um, well, of course, uh, Greenland... Let's uh, let's see, Greenland. Greenland um, was settled uh, by the Europeans, so the people that gave it its name, uh, Greenland, uh, about a century after Iceland was settled. So, um, and if you're talking about the like just before the year thousand, uh, like uh, nine hundred and eighty-five, I think, if you want to be precise. Um, we have um, a period where probably the climate was a little bit milder uh, than what it is today, but we're very rapidly getting there as <laughs> to, to how it was. And, and Greenland was probably uh, a little bit greener than what it is now. And, uh, of course, uh, if we're talking about the southern Greenland, southern Greenland is greener than the northern Greenland and and. And that was, the, the, that was the place not, that it was yeah. first settled from, I guess, yeah. from the south, obviously. Yeah, yeah we're talking about um, the expeditions that were led by Eric Thorvaldsson, or Eric the Red. And um, and uh, they uh, it was an expedition with several ships, and uh, it was uh, initiated when uh, uh, Eric was... Uh, uh, banned from Iceland. He had to leave Iceland for three years because he had killed another person. And uh, so at that time, uh, for a crime like this, for the person that he was, he was uh, forced to leave uh, for a period of time. Um, and I say banned because I think that the that the uh, old uh, Norse word is banadur, so it was the same origin as the word to ban in, in English. And he, he left and he went westward. Uh, probably there were already some ideas that there was a land out there. But he went exploring. And he went uh, south of uh, Cape Favell, which is the southern tip of Greenland. And um, and that's where we find uh, uh, what it was called the eastern settlement, Estiabud. Uh, and uh, it's close to the modern-day Raotok, uh, Q-A-Q-O-R-T-O-Q, Haortok in, uh, in Greenlandic. Um, and, and then he went up the west coast of Greenland and, um, and uh, the western settlement, which is the, uh, uh, the northernmost settlement that they went to, is uh, uh, close to the present-day uh, capital, so the present-day Nuuk or Gotthob, I was called by the 
by the um, uh, by the Danes. And this was uh, Vestirbygd. So Eistirbygd and Vestirbygd, the two main sites that have been found because nobody has experienced uh, uh, the Vikings in Greenland uh, live <laughs> uh, when uh, an expedition was made to in order to try to find out uh, how these villages were doing after a period where there had been no ships uh, linking uh, Europe or Iceland with them uh, they found out that everybody had uh, was dead and gone and incidentally this uh, colonization of Greenland in the uh, from in the early, well, the late uh, 900s and the early thousands, uh, was happening before the last migration of Inuit into Greenland. So the presence of uh, Scandinavians in Greenland predates the latest uh, uh, influx of Inuit blood into Greenland. And uh, this is interesting to see in the context of naming of the places and... Uh, and uh, nowadays we all accept that, uh, that the different towns in Greenland have their uh, Inuit or West Greenlandic name, most of them. And, uh, for example, Nuuk is called Nuuk, the capital. But uh, uh, the actual place, uh, of course, we have the, the Viking name of Vestirbygd, uh, so the Western settlement or Western city. But uh, it was then colonized by the Danes first, and the Danes that built the city. It was called Gotthob, or the Good Hope. And, and only uh, only later it was the name was changed into the West Greenlandic name of uh, Nuuk. And Greenland, uh, well, why was it called Greenland? Well, uh, I think it was one of these uh, uh, marketing uh, actions that uh, are... <laughs> quite common nowadays uh, it was pretty it's pretty uh, pretty sure that uh, the uh, the name was given because nobody would have gotten to the place if it had been called uh, if it had been called um, the the uh, the place of ice and um, in the uh, saga of eric the red which is uh, one of the uh, books that had been uh, preserved from, from those days or shortly after in the Icelandic tradition, or the, the saga of the Icelanders actually is called, um, there is a sentence that in English reads that in the summer Eric left to settle the country he had found, which he called Greenland. As he said, people would be attracted there if it had a favorable name. So it's actually pretty much explained already <laughs> it's in the... <laughs> In the in the early days, that was a marketing thing. Wow! And uh, I wonder if it was because he had learned from the from Iceland that uh, <laughs> that maybe it wasn't such a good <laughs> a good idea to call a place uh, with a name that would not attract too many people. Let's call it something nice. Wow! Okay. E even though nowadays, I think that Iceland attracts a lot of people because of because of the name as well. <laughs> well, because of the name and because of a lot of the photography that's out there, Iceland mm. has had an, a, a massive tourism explosion over the last ten, fifteen years. I mean, really big time, and uh, it yeah comes down at least partially to the the media having access to uh, amazing photography, amazing videography, and uh, the internet is certainly doing its thing there. So 
um, that's why it's that's that's why Iceland is so so popular now, and that's also why the prices in Iceland have gone up so much because, um, yeah, it's there is a lot of tourism, interest, yeah. and uh, the interest yeah. drives up the yeah. prices quite a bit. Yes, exactly. But Iceland uh, uh, was not always known as Iceland. Uh, there are some uh, indications that even the Greeks, and uh, there is this, uh, the ancient Greeks, uh, Pythias especially, um, mentions an island that is north of the, what is now the British Isles, and, uh, and he called it Thule, um, which is probably uh, meaning something like a place or Iceland in the sense of island. Um, not Iceland, but island. So it's, there is something, there is some notion that there was uh, a land mass that was north of the British Isles. Even though it's, uh, it's not very sure that, uh, that this is, uh, that this is, uh, actually corresponding directly to, to Iceland. Um, there is also some evidence that uh, there were some Irish monks that uh, settled Iceland before the Vikings arrived there. And uh, and actually, in the sagas, uh, we know that uh, uh, the Vikings have uh, driven away some people that were already on the Iceland uh, territory um, and then slaughtered them. And uh, they have they drove them away to the islands in the southwest called the uh, Westman Islands. And Westman were these guys, these people from the west. And this is why it's, they are called Westman Westman Ayer. So the islands with the people from the west. And these were probably the Irish, uh, the Irish settlers, the Irish monks that were there. And uh, and shortly after they were all um, they were all killed um, by the Vikings. But um, but we have um, a few of these sagas that I mentioned before, and especially there is one called the uh, the book of uh, of names of the places of place names, like a kind of catalog, the Landnamabok, um, that uh, talks about uh, Faroe's Viking that was uh, uh, going from Norway to the Faroe Islands in the uh, mid ninth century. And, uh, and he went off course and, uh, he found, uh, that there was a bigger land than the pharaohs. <laughs> and, uh, he stayed, uh, the whole summer in the east of Iceland and then sailed back to the Faroe Islands. And, uh, in the saga here, we know that, uh, there is, or in this book, we know that, uh, that he called it a uh, snailand or the snowland. <laughs> because uh, there was snow that came down on the mountains as he was sailing away in the autumn. So, uh, so Iceland, uh, maybe we can say that in the timeline that it was called too late to start with, and then Snowland in the um, in the uh, mid ninth century. And then the next uh, um, person that uh, organized an expedition or that uh, arrived uh, to uh, to look at this place, uh, uh, this island. Uh, was uh, um, a Swedish Viking, Gardar Svavarsson, and uh, he went looking for this place in 18, 860, uh, more or less in the 860s, and he arrived in East Island, 
but he, he not only arrived in East Island, Iceland, but he circumnavigated the uh, the the whole of Iceland, and uh, he found out that it was covered uh, with uh, mountains, uh, uh, and uh, the mountains were covered with forests. So there was a lot of a lot of woods, a lot of trees on, in Iceland at that time, and uh, which is something that we don't experience nowadays. And uh, and he overwintered. Uh, he built a house, and uh, uh, he was in the northeast or the north in a place that is now called Husavik, and then went back to uh, to Norway the following year. And uh, because he uh, called uh, the um, um, because there was uh, the settlement uh, that we called the uh, Gardarsholmur, so the uh, the um, uh, well, Gardar was the uh, one of the people that uh, that overwintered there. He um, he called it the island of Gardar. So uh, Gardar is uh, a name that is probably at the origin of the British or the English name Garth. And this is the second place. So the first Thule, then Sneeland, then Gardarsholmur or Garthholm, Snowland and Garthholm or island. And then there is finally uh, a um, another Viking called uh, Floki Vilgerarson, or uh, Floki of the Ravens, that uh, first uh, sailed uh, from Norway to the Shetlands, and then into uh, the North Sea. and uh, And every time it was called the Floki of the Ravens because, as many Viking voyagers was using, he was using ravens on board the ship in order to find if there was any land in sight uh, or land beyond sight but close by so they would take ravens uh, onto the onto the ship then they would uh, let them out and if they came back to the ship well there was no land because they couldn't they couldn't find any land these ravens but uh, and and let's say escape their their captivity but um if they flew away, and uh, you would have to note with the direction they would fly away from, then uh, and they didn't come back, then they would have found land. And uh, and uh, this is probably how he uh, uh, directed his uh, his ships over to uh, to this uh, eastern fjords of of Iceland, and um, and he found the place that was uh, called by Svavarsson Gardasolmuld. Holmur, and he, he also went around uh, the south coast, and uh, he went uh, around the west of Iceland, and he wintered there. But the winter was very hard, and um, and even in the trip, the trip was not very pleasant. I think he, he lost a daughter during the voyage, and uh, when they arrived on land, the winter was very hard and harsh, and uh, and he lost all the livestock that he had taken along. And um, and probably it was a year where the ice from the East Greenland current was coming very close to Iceland. And um, maybe because of all of these events, uh, he, uh, he found that it was best to call it Iceland or Eastland hmm. before he went away to Norway. And, um, and for uh, also reasons that are dependent on the... Uh, 
or the expansion of the uh, of the Viking population and um, the flourishing of the of the Viking culture. Then the years after he came back to uh, to Norway, uh, saw that there was a uh, an increased interest for sailing over to this new land, and so uh, between eight hundred and seventy to nine hundred and thirty there was a uh, wave of colonization of what by then was called iceland and uh, and the the term uh, islendingur so the people from iceland was a uh, used in the among the norwegian vikings to the, to denominate the people that were uh, living in this part uh, in this uh, island of the west coast well uh, of norway at least it's it's got a new name every time it was kind of renamed i've uh, i've heard the story of a mountain somewhere that was by the by the original population was just called the mountain in their language and then when the next population came in in their own language they called it the such and such mountain just taking over the name from the original so they renamed it to mountain mountain but the first part in the original language and the second part in their own language and then the third time it happened again so when you translate the the long name, it's now mountain, mountain, mountain. Yes, exactly. So uh, <laughs> yeah, well, it's uh, it's, it's it's different with, with uh, Greenland and Iceland. Yeah, well, it's it's different, but uh, but you know, like uh, now we are we are talking about Greenland and Iceland in our own languages. Yes, of course uh, we do, and uh, of course we derive or in in uh, in English at the moment. And uh, um, if we talk about uh, other places that were named by the vikings we have uh, the son of eric the red that went over to the along the canadian coast and uh, and called the place uh, wineland or vinland mm, and that um, sounds like a place you want to visit it sounds like a place you want to visit much Probably better than because of the <laughs> yeah much better but uh, but the name didn't stick of course and wineland. Uh, uh, and um well, probably because he was too far pushing this thing <laughs> with, it's with, the, marketing. <laughs> with, with the marketing. <laughs> All um, right. But, uh, but you know, like uh, language is very powerful uh, in all sorts of domains of, of, of life. And, uh, and in geography, uh, we have uh, interesting uh, Eastern combinations and uh, of what... Uh, of what the um, what the place are called. I mean, uh, Japan, for example, is called uh, Japan now, but uh, it has mm, a very complicated story. Um, in in Greenland itself, I mean, the uh, the locals, uh, the uh, the in Western Greenlandic, which is the language that now most people speak uh, in Greenland, is called the the land of the people or Kalashit uh, Nunat, um, and. Uh, and even among the Greenlanders, they play each other's, uh, like, I wouldn't say they play each other's jokes, but uh, there are there are place names that are not universally, uh, they, they do not make people happy in parts of the place, uh, parts hmm. of Greenland. The area in East Greenland around Scorsby Sound, uh, so the region in uh, West Greenland, it is called Tunu. And uh, it doesn't mean a lot to us, of course, Tunu uh, as a region, but uh, to the people that were that live in in uh, Scoresby Sound, which is a little village in uh, in the uh, in the uh, east of uh, east of Greenland, uh, 
the the name doesn't doesn't really sound very nice because it, it means the backside. Oh. Or or like backside also of a, of a body. So the bottom. So they 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 don't want to live in the in the bottom of the <laughs> <laughs> in the bottom of the of the of Greenland. Lots of um, marketing, as we can see. But of see. course, there is marketing there, and uh, you can you can see in the maps of Greenland that uh, uh, the name of the town of Scoresby Sound is spelled in Iceland in uh, Greenlandic with two different ways, uh, and these are two different dialects. It's similar, but uh, it's called the, the place where there are small houses. Uh, it can be Itokotormit or Isokotormit. Uh, these are the two different ways of, of saying it according to the West Greenlandic or the East Greenlandic dialect. But uh, I don't think that uh, for languages that are so difficult to pronounce for Europeans that uh, uh, the Greenlandic names, they would uh, stick into English or colonize the English language. Well, they should have kept the Wineland for Canada. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> All right. Very cool episode. Thank you so much, Mario, for giving us all your time again. Um, we will be back next week. Just a quick reminder, we have still have the Mario Microphone Fund open. I think we'll probably close it pretty soon. Um, but thanks, everyone, who has given so far. Um, this should hopefully soon sound a lot better and that is thanks to the generosity of everyone who has given if you want to support the microphone fund then um, go to curiouslypolar.com i'm just opening it myself here because um we have put a limit on that so if you if you think oh what's gonna happen with the money we're using it for the microphone and then what goes beyond that is um Actually, we will give that to a, to an organization called Climate Generation, which is uh, an organization that that tries to enhance climate change literacy. And that is, I think, in this day and age, a very important thing. So um, whatever shoots over our limit will go there. We're happy to support them. Uh, Mario? Thank you so much Chris. for being here and we'll talk again next week. Stay cool. Yeah, thank you very much, Chris. And uh, thank you to everybody that contributes or contributed to the, uh, to the Microphone Fund and uh, stay cool. Stay cool.